0: Welcome to this APTA podcast. I'm Troy Elliott. Thanks for joining us for our regular roundup of what's going on in advocacy for the profession as well as the latest developments in the regulatory and payment arenas. As always, there's no shortage of topics worth covering. So to help give us some focus, we've asked a panel of APTA staff experts to provide their takes on what we should be paying attention to, um, the stuff we might have missed, and what's uh, getting a lot of attention at APTA right now, and then what to keep an eye on for the future. Joining me today are Alice Bell, APTA Senior Payment Specialist, David Scala, Senior Congressional Affairs Specialist for APTA, and Justin Elliott, APTA Vice President of Governmental Affairs. Welcome everyone, and thanks for being here today. Thanks, Troy. Thank you, Troy. Troy. Hey, so let's start like we always do with a look back at the past month or so of resources and articles and news and any content we've published on apta.org. And I want to ask each of you, you know, what's your pared down reading list for members from the last few weeks? Just a few items you think they they really shouldn't miss. Uh, Justin, I'll start with you.
1: All right. Well, thanks, Troy. You know, looking back over the last month, I think one article that I would point out. Uh, to folks that they may want to take a look at is a story uh, that ran regarding advocacy related to uh, the impending PTA uh, payment differential. Now folks aren't familiar with this, uh, come January 2022, um, a PTA payment differential is going to be uh, uh, implemented for uh, services that are provided under the Medicare Part B outpatient therapy. And so, you know, basically when services are provided in part or in whole by a PTA, come 2022, uh, folks can expect to see a 15% reduction or a differential of, in payment of those services. Now, APTA has been advocating for a couple of years now uh, to CMS on ways that they should delay, exempt, um, um, mitigate uh, this uh, pending differential that it will impact both PTAs and OTAs. And what we saw in May was an article that highlighted recent advocacy efforts in which uh, APTA, working with our friends at AOTA, we're able to uh, leverage some of our congressional champions in putting pressure on CMS, asking them to really uh, look at ways that they can, again, delay, exempt, mitigate uh, the impending uh, payment differential. Now, CMS can do this through regulation. It actually doesn't require an act of Congress. And so that's why we're using uh, our congressional champions uh, to put pressure on CMS. And uh, what we saw is a a letter, uh, uh, May 14th, 2021, led by Congressman Higgins uh, of New York, signed by uh, bipartisan members of the U.S. House, both Republicans and, De- and Democrats, uh, urging uh, HHS, or the new HHS Secretary uh, Becerra, uh, to use uh, their legal authority uh, to basically do a couple things when it comes to PTAs and OTAs. First is to provide an exemption for rural areas to the impending PTA and OTA payment differential. We know that rural healthcare has unique challenges and access concerns. And so we believe that one thing that CMS could easily do would be just to provide an exemption so that this payment differential doesn't apply uh, to rural areas. And the other issue uh, is that uh, we've had a a big concern in outpatient therapy regarding the supervision requirements for PTAs. Right now, supervision uh, requirements Uh, For outpatient is direct supervision. PT has to be there on site, and that's been a bone of contention we've had for a number of years because it's it's kind of uh, outside the norm. Majority of states allow for general supervision, uh, and other Medicare settings allow for general supervision. And so again, looking at ways uh, that CMS could help mitigate uh, this differential is provide more flexibility uh, for our small businesses and for our PTAs. And so that was an article that I would highlight that really. Uh, provides some uh, recent activity on this uh, issue uh, related to the PTA differential.
0: Now, clarify to me, because a couple things that, that I know um, that have been circulating is this idea of the PTA differential, the concept of it was mandated through, through law, right?
1: Correct. In 2018, in February, uh, the Balanced Budget Act, Uh, which is a a gigantic legislative package that contained many uh, different elements to it. One of the things that they put in at the 11th hour uh, was this concept of a a payment differential. Now, I will say while a payment differential for PTA and OTA services is somewhat new, it is not unheard of, and we we actually see that uh, with physicians uh, and uh, 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 physician assistants and nurses. uh, They are paid on a differential uh, where if they are uh, providing services independently of the physician, they are paid at 85% of the fee schedule. And so the, while the concept of a differential is un, is not unusual and has been around for a number of years, up until 2018, we had not seen that applied to therapy services. Yeah.
0: Yeah. And, and about the supervision, correct me if I'm wrong, but hasn't CMS gotten a little taste of this during the pandemic uh, to see how it's been working?
1: Yeah. And so great point is that one of the things that the pandemic has done and with, some of the relaxing of regulations and, and uh, uh, administrative burden issues, uh, we have seen more flexibility be provided. And so, again, I think we've learned some lessons uh, throughout the pandemic as to ways that we can do things better, faster, uh, provide more flexibility. And so, you know, building on what we've learned through the pandemic, again, this is something that CMS can do and we're hopeful that they will do um, in the upcoming Uh, proposed 2022 Medicare fee schedule, which we're going to talk a little bit more about later. Uh, But this is going to be, again, a hot topic that we anticipate for the remainder of this year.
0: Yep. Yep. Stay tuned. Alice, what
2: you got? So, Troy, uh, late April, we did a commercial payer advocacy update um, entitled And The Beat Goes On. And there's um, several kind of uh, important issues there for people to be aware of. One is regarding the NCCI edit deletions. Um, We had several deletions, uh, edit code pairs that were deleted that really were problematic for PTs. Um, And those deletions, uh, interestingly for Medicare and for several commercial payers were actually made retroactive to January 1st, 2020. So something to be aware of and to know how the different commercial payers are handling it. There's also some updates on telehealth and we're gonna talk a little bit more about that on on this, discussion and also information about um, electronic fund transfers and virtual credit cards and how those are impacting PT practice and what you can do about it as a practitioner to protect yourself from those additional uh, fees and charges.
0: Yeah, and we actually published a a, a real nice sort of mini guide almost on, on how to handle those things, right? Yes, that's correct. Yeah, so what's been your experience um, over the course of the pandemic, I know it's a constant for us to be educating and working with commercial payers to help them understand why 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 we we think the way we do about these things. But has anything happened? Um, this um, we're going to talk about the United Healthcare win um, later on in this podcast. but Some of these things that are happening now are. Is the conversation changing in some way is 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 something is are things are people listening more or what
2: so it's been interesting i would say um it's a little bit of better and more challenging certainly around the topic of telehealth we had a lot of engagement with commercial payers and lines of communication were very open and we were going back and forth and there was a lot of collaboration that led to the positive changes that we saw At the same time, COVID kind of sucked the air out of the room for anything else. And so other priorities have been put on the back burner. And we're really now, as we're moving through this transition phase and people are kind of finding breathing space, we're re-engaging with commercial payers on other topics, really important topics. Not that the conversation ceased, but there just wasn't as much energy to put toward those. So things like administrative burden and, looking at the role of PTs in wellness and prevention and a number of other topics that we're really excited to re-engage the commercial payer community around.
0: Yeah, And um, speaking of administrative burden, I heard you say that. David, I think you were, you, you had, that was my, that's my little segue into what you had pointed out <laughs> for the past little bit.
3: Yeah, absolutely. Uh, thanks for having me, Troy. Uh so, I think what I would point out is that there was an article about an APTA backed bill regarding Medicare Advantage prior authorization reforms. And so, this article highlighted the Improving Seniors Timely Access to Care Act. Uh, it's a uh, mouthful, but it's HR 3173. And uh, it does three major things it establishes an electronic prior authorization process. Um, It requires real-time decision system for services that are routinely approved, and it mandates detailed reports to CMS, including things like rates of approvals, denials, and average time for approvals. This would be a huge step forward in reforming the Medicare Advantage prior authorization process that is really causing a lot of burden to our physical therapists, Um, and this has had broad... Broad support from um, providers and medical associations that that this is the step in the right de- direction. Um, so, to be clear, this would not completely eliminate prior authorization, but it does move Medicare Advantage forward so that's more transparent and less burdensome, um, which is one of our APTA's longtime goals.
0: You know, this is something along the lines of what I was thinking when when Alice was talking. Um, about the work with the commercial payers. Again, APTA has been sort of hammering away at this administrative burden issue for for years. And um, now there's a little bit of traction. And um, is it just, just, do you think this just happens to be a lot of interest in Medicare Advantage or do you think there's on Capitol Hill, do you think there's a broader interest in the issue of administrative burden across uh, payment systems and things like that?
3: I think it's both, and that's why it's such a good, perfect storm for this bill to be able to go through. I think Congress is motivated to, to uh, have some administrative burden relief considering that the pandemic really um, made that worse for a lot of the providers. Uh, we, we've seen that the administrative burden really, really does um, exacerbate the issue for getting patients care the care that they need. Uh, and so, there is traction on the pandemic side. And then also, yes, this is just happening at a bigger scale and Medicare Advantage continues to expand. And as it continues to expand, there's more and more issues that are involved like this. And so getting this passed right now is the, is the best case scenario that needs to happen as this goes forward.
2: I was just going to interject one other thing. I, I do think that there's a lot of attention to this. And I think the other thing is, it's impacting every provider. And patients are feeling the pain of administrative burden in prior authorizations and those things and delays in care. So I think there's just a much larger voice uh, around this and we're even seeing this in, on the patient advocacy side. And it's really important because the other issue as, as, as we try to make this transition to value-based care, um, which has been a kind of a very slow transition all of these administrative burden components really get in the way of that shift to value-based care. Um, And they end up just adding more cost and more time to the healthcare system overall, and aren't really leading to better outcomes or greater quality changes.
0: Yeah, I think you're right. And it's uh, linked to some other things we were saying. It strikes me that... um, it's important to have a foot in the door for all of these things and almost a demonstration of these things. And at Medicare Advantage, that's going to be at a fairly large scale, but we're also, we saw it with the supervision stuff um, for the PTAs during the pandemic. And um, of course, telehealth, Uh, it was, it's it's the pandemic forced us a lot of way to try these things out that um, everybody was really hesitant to leap on, you know, well, uh, thanks, everybody. And um, as a reminder, all of these resources and articles that our group mentioned here are available at apta.org. And don't forget that every Wednesday we send out an all member email that collects a week's worth of content, as well as member perspectives, the latest from PTJ, which is our research journal, and upcoming events, a whole bunch of stuff in there. Um, we're going to take a quick break, but when we come back, we'll be looking at a couple of major issues you should know about right now. And now for
1: a quick break. Do you know someone who would be an asset to APTA's Board of Directors? APTA is seeking a public member to serve as a director with full voting privileges. Applicants must be a non-PT or PTA. To learn more, visit apta.org public member. And now let's return to the show.
0: Okay, so you've made your recommendations for a few topics that we've shared at APTA over the past few weeks but we've got some even more recent news that we want to dive into. So, Justin, I can hear the birds chirping, the sun's <laughs> shining, the pools are open. If you're in Northern Virginia, you're deafened by cicadas. You can smell hot dogs being grilled. We're making our 4th of July plans, which can only mean it's that time of year. And I don't mean summer. I mean the time of year CMS pushes out its proposed physician fee schedule, right? So um, I know the past few cycles have been challenging ones, to say the least, uh, and I know that you wanted to share some information on what's happening on that front uh, this time around.
1: Yeah, so of course, you know, as you know, Troy, uh, payment in particular, Medicare payment is a huge priority uh, for APTA, and folks may remember last year, a proposal from CMS that would have implemented devastating cuts to a number of providers under the Medicare fee schedule for physical therapists and occupational therapists, it would have been a devastating 9% cut. Of course, uh, thanks uh, to APTA members and their friends and colleagues, uh, the APTA community rallied in a historic campaign uh, to fight this proposal. And thanks to our members, their family members, their colleagues and friends, uh, Congress intervened uh, in December of 2020. And that devastating cut uh, for PT and OT, which would have been 9%, was reduced to 3%. Uh, Now, of course, no cut is ever acceptable, particularly during a pandemic. And CMS really should be increasing uh, payment, not cutting payments uh, at this time. And while we appreciate uh, that Congress did intervene and helped mitigate the cuts uh, for 2021, our work is not over. So come July, we anticipate that uh, CMS will release uh, their proposed 2022 Medicare fee schedule. And all the tea leaves are saying that they are gonna uh, proceed with uh, the next round of cuts, again, to 36 uh, plus different providers uh, not just PT, but radiologists, pathologists, audiologists, surgeons, you name it. And so we anticipate that that's going to happen uh, in July. And once again, you know, APTA is going to be leading the fight. Uh, we need CMS to uh, not move forward with their proposal through regulation. And so we are anticipating that we're going to need congressional action. And so APTA is working uh, with a number of other healthcare providers who are impacted by this proposal uh, in a coalition to get Congress to uh, intervene. And right now, uh, APTA is working uh, with some of these other providers uh, in the formulation of policy options uh, that can be turned into uh, legislation that we again would anticipate introduction in the near future in the US Congress that would not only mitigate cuts for 2022, uh, but also look at ways that we can put some protections or guardrails uh, to prevent this type of thing from occurring. Uh, in the future. So uh, be on the lookout. Again, this is going to be another summer where uh, we're going to be doing a two-pronged advocacy effort, not only aimed at CMS in terms of generating comments to the agency in response to the proposed 2022 Medicare fee schedule, but once again, we will be doing another big legislative push uh, with a bill that we, again, anticipate introduction in the near future uh, that will be asking Congress to intervene to again mitigate and provide some uh, uh, relief uh, for this ongoing situation.
0: Yeah, it's it's. I know it's a challenge, and it's been it's been uh, at times a very frustrating uh, path that we've been down. Um, but uh, again, there's other th- there are other things going on too. That's it's not it's not all fee schedule all the time. There are other things, and some of the things are good things that have been happening. Right, Alice.
2: Yes, Troy, we had our first large national payer adopt a permanent telehealth policy uh, that will continue after the public health emergency ends, which is really good news, and that's United Healthcare. Uh, we've posted two stories about this on APTA.org, um, and we encourage people to go look at the details in terms of what CPT codes are covered, how the billing needs to be submitted, Um, Important to note that this applies only to those uh, entities that bill on a 1500 claim form right now. So it doesn't address institutional providers. We're going to continue to work with United Healthcare on seeking clarification around that. But as you know, uh, many of the temporary policies are coming to their expiration dates. Um, Either uh, they have already expired or they're going to be expiring very soon and many are linked to the end of the public health emergency. So we've really been working since we saw the temporary policies do- adopted to get these policies um, adopted on a permanent basis. And this dip- step by U- United Healthcare is an important one. We've seen some small local payers uh, jump on board. We've seen some of the blues, uh, but this is the first big one and we're going to continue to work as we have been with all of the large national commercial payers. And I also just wanna point out I know there's mixed emotions about telehealth and the role it plays. APTA has always felt that telehealth is a meaningful adjunct and it can in fact be an extremely valuable tool for patients who have access issues. It can also be a very valuable tool in terms of therapists having the ability to see a patient engage in their own environment when the therapist can't potentially go to their home They can still interact with the patient virtually in their home and better understand some of those challenges. So we think telehealth is really important. It's not a replacement for any of our other efforts. Um, And we also think payment parity is really important, making sure that therapists are paid the same when they provide care via telehealth as when they uh, provide care in person. And that's a large part of our advocacy efforts as well. Yeah. And I think
0: um, one of the other uh, resources we published recently was the, the latest update to our um, survey of PT uh, practice and how the pandemic has affected it. And it, it struck me that um, while PTs are using telehealth, it's, it, it's not happening uh, like a wholesale, this is one hundred percent what we're going to do from here on out. They, it, it seemed the pattern to be that they used it when they thought it was appropriate, and then they returned to in-person, uh, face-to-face care in person when that was appropriate. So I think um, nobody's saying that this is the this is the way forward solely by itself. Yeah,
2: yeah, that's absolutely correct. Uh, and the the other thing, quite honestly though, is that the, the pandemic isn't the only access issue. Mm-hmm. Uh, and there are other reasons why patients may or may not be able to get to a clinic on any given day. And if we can offer this as an alternative to avoid very disruptive delays or interruptions in care, uh, then that's important. Yeah.
0: David, is, is, is telehealth resonating on Capitol Hill? I know there's a bill out there. Or is there movement? What's going on?
3: Yeah, I, I, there is a lot going on about telehealth on Capitol Hill. So there are very few bipartisan topics right now in Congress, and telehealth is the number one topic, which is fantastic for us. And, and Alice, you said it exactly correct. We talk and educate members of Congress on this being an option for PTs and one that can be used in an extremely valuable way. Um, And so we have been working with the members of Congress uh, on this and uh, have been working on the Expanded Telehealth Access Act, which is HR 2168. Uh, We're up to 33 bipartisan co-sponsors right now. We're still pushing. That specifically adds PTs as providers of telehealth under Medicare. But as far as the uh, conversation that's happening, it's moving forward. the Energy and Commerce Committee, the House Ways and Means Committee on the House side, uh, the Senate Finance Committee, uh, the Senate Health Committee, they all the committees that, that have jurisdiction over this issue have had hearings around telehealth and have had witnesses about telehealth. Um, some that we've even been, physical therapist has even been mentioned in um, as something that is being used as telehealth right now. We have been submitting comments to these committees. We've been pushing forward, uh, trying to get uh, expanded uh, Telehealth Access Act into the, this conversation. But um, yes, uh, everything is moving forward at a, a speed. Uh, we will see uh, what the final packages go through. Um, and that's always the big discussion, but uh, that's exactly right. It's, it's pushing forward.
0: Yeah, and I know that we're, um... We're kind of getting to a point right now where there's going to be a lot of moving parts in terms of uh, action on Capitol Hill bills and and um, other things like that that are happening. plus, of course, CMS releasing the fee schedule, so the regulatory end of it too. Do you know of are there other uh, other things that we need to be sort of uh, aware of right now?
1: Uh, yeah, Troy, there's a there's a number of things that we're working on in addition to this. You know, we look at not only the the payment for services and the access to services, but also ways that we can relieve the administrative burden and looking at ways that we can also provide uh, flexibility. And so two bills I would put on folks' radar that are APTA uh, uh, supported and APTA led bills. Uh, One is HR 1611, which is the Prevent Interruptions in Physical Therapy Act. Uh, This would expand the use of locum tenens by physical therapists nationwide. Now, some folks may remember back in 2016, uh, APTA was successful in getting legislation passed uh, that allows for locum tenens uh, for BIPTs pts in rural and underserved areas. And if folks are, you know, I should take a step back and say folks aren't familiar with the term locum tenens, uh, it's something that physicians have been able to utilize under Medicare, and it basically allows uh, for a provider uh, to bring in someone temporarily to take their spot uh, if they're going on vacation or if they want to go attend a continuing education course, or if they're taking maternity or paternity leave, the ability to do that um, under Medicare. And so, again, it's something that physicians have, it's something we have in a limited uh, basis. And now we have this legislation that would expand it nationwide uh, for all therapists. And again, that's something that we hope will provide some a little uh, bit of more flexibility uh, for those situations. Another issue we're looking at is the ability Uh, for choice and the ability for therapists to be able to privately contract with Medicare beneficiaries. uh, That's commonly referred to as uh, opt-out. And so we do have legislation, uh, H.R. 3322, Senate Bill is 826, which would uh, reform uh, the current Medicare opt-out law, which again, something physicians can do, we want to be able to do it as well. And so this legislation would uh, expand the use of opt-out to include uh, physical therapist. But, you know, there's a, a whole host of other issues that we're working on, a lot going on in the post-acute care space uh, with a move towards a unified uh, post-acute care payment system and changes happening in post-acute care. And one, another bill I would uh, point out to folks that impacts post-acute care is the Improving Access to Medicare Coverage Act, <clears throat> H.R. 3650. Um, this is, would uh, address uh, something that has been a bone of contention in the post-acute care space as it's called the three-day rule, uh, which right now requires patients to have a three-day inpatient hospital stay to be eligible for SNF, being able to stay in a skilled nursing facility. This would um, basically allow for any observational status to count towards that. So a lot going on through uh, the entire spectrum of the different settings uh, that both PTs and PTAs work in.
0: Yeah, and about this time of year, David and Justin get about two or three hours of sleep a night. And, uh, you know, that's, that's, that's uh, about what you can do. We go through these times. Um, all right. So we're going to wrap up this podcast with your takes on what we should be keeping on on for the future. You know, what could be coming and why it's important. Um, and I'm going to do this like we do as a quick, just around Robin. So just give me your, your, your quick takes on these, just one or two issues to watch and why. Okay. Everybody ready? All right, get yeah. set. We're going to start with Justin.
1: Okay, a couple things. June, look for the release of the proposed home health 2022 rule. That should be happening sometime any minute now uh, that we're watching. Um, second thing is July. For July, um, all hands on deck for the Medicare fee schedule uh, that we anticipate uh, will be coming out. And again, as I mentioned, uh, APTA will once again be leading the charge in grassroots, both through legislative advocacy and regulatory uh, advocacy. Uh, And so busy summer ahead of us and stay tuned.
2: Alice. Most importantly, this transitional phase we're in, uh, moving out of the public health emergency. We're going to see a lot of these temporary policies, as I said before, expire. Uh, We're going to see waivers go away. So it's just really important. uh, APTA is working to track that information and post it in a timely manner for you. Uh, but keep abreast of what's happening with payer policies and with different state uh, laws and regulations and waivers. And then the other thing I would say that we're watching very, very closely is payer policy that would actually impede early and direct access to PTs and really working to promote early and direct access. I think attention will come back again to opioids as we move out of the public health emergency. And there's a lot of concern that we lost ground in fighting the opioid epidemic during that time. And the importance of physical therapists in addressing pain management and avoiding exposure to opioids, I think will take center stage again.
0: Yeah, and I think we're already getting data that's kind of frightening, um, that, that's emerging of what happened during the pandemic. Yeah. So David, what do you got? What should be on our radar?
3: All right, real quick and very exciting. PT Day on the Hill. Uh, So join us on Tuesday, September 22nd on Capitol Hill as we advocate for physical therapy to Congress. Uh, Details are currently being prepared and we'll post them soon. But this year it's going to be a part of our APTA centennial. So come on out to D.C. in September in person to celebrate and advocate.
0: And that's it. We're doing something really wild which is perhaps actually going to be near each other in the same place, in the same physical space, right? Yes. All right, that's great. All right, well, thank you. Thank you all so much. Um, and I should say that uh, when we say, keep these things on your radar, it's because we'll be sharing information as, as we get it and as we can and as it's available. And we just do the, a lot to help you keep up on a regular basis. So in addition to the weekly email blast, We offer podcasts, APTA live events, webinars, and other resources to help you stay informed. And if you want to tune into all the activity going on in payment relative to physical therapy, including many of our advocacy efforts, uh, sign up for the Friday Focus monthly collection of payment-related articles and resources. That's delivered right to your inbox on the fourth Friday of every month, and it's all free. Um, Just search for email preferences in the search bar at apta.org and sign up. It's very easy to do. So thanks, Alice, Justin, and David for taking the time to talk today.
3: All right, As, a fi- hey. Thank you.
0: <laughs> As a final reminder, be sure to visit apta.org where you'll find resources on all the topics we talked about today and follow us on Facebook and Twitter. It's at APTA Tweets. APTA podcasts like this one are available on Apple Podcasts, Google Play, and Spotify or by visiting apta.org slash podcasts. I'm Troy Elliott, and thanks for listening.